Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver, anxiously awaiting round two. Yes, round two of our best of show. We, uh, When I was putting together the clips, I just felt there were so many that we had to break it into two shows. So, and I felt, Dimity, that, and you acknowledged, uh, you noticed what was happening in the first one, that seemed like a lot of the anecdotes were uh, kind of dwelling on you and that you were, you know, perhaps one might say the butt end of a few jokes in there or, you know, that we were laughing we were laughing with you, but they seemed to be more focused on you a little bit. So I was like, oh, okay, I think I need to, you know, get have some laughs be at my quote-unquote expense. So, so you right. might Can't notice. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes. But also uh, the, the biggie in this one is that you're going to talk about um, your Ironman race. But first up, first up is from our original show which was home produced. You're making it in the, in, I was in my basement. We had our intern helping and we had Phoebe, who is a mother runner in New Hampshire, who has been a longtime fan. And I got to run with on the, um, I guess that was the train like a mother tour. No, or was that the run like a mother tour? I don't know. It's one of our original tours. Must've been run like a mother. Way back then. Way, way back, back, way back. Decades ago. Yes. Yes. In, in the, the, another century. So anyway, so this scene is, um, Phoebe asking us um, a kind of a non-running related question. Somebody was talking about um, who would play you guys in the Run Like the Mother, the book movie. Was mm-hmm. it that? Is that a discussion I had in my own head or did that actually happen? No, it did. It did. We, and we actually, <laughs> then we had somebody last week on Facebook ask about like when's Run Like Mother, the movie coming out. And I answered with that. And she was like, oh, I'm in a documentary. And I was like, oh, do <laughs> I've just totally embarrassed myself. But, um, Dimity, I couldn't remember who would play you. I remember saying that um, Laura Dern would play me. Okay, I can see that. Uh, You know, I would have to just go with somebody. I usually go with the tallest person I can think of, and she's kind of an athlete, is Gina Davis. Oh, see, that's funny, because I thought of Gina Davis, but she's so much older than you are. So, but... No, but I, I still put her in her Thelma and Louise days, kind of her kick-ass, really cool oh, thing. Oh, so Thelma and Louise, oh. circa 1986. Right. Yeah, oh. exactly. Or... Sure. If this is all imaginary. They don't have to age, right? Exactly. How about Sig- Sigourney Weaver, too, because she, she's really tall, too. Yeah. So. But, and Demi Moore, but Demi Moore would shave her head for you. I mean, so... <laughs> her, her breasts aren't large enough to play either one of us, so... Uh. <laughs> Question. My question is, who would you want to play your husband? Husband. Oh, husband. I like this. Oh my goodness. How, wow. Um, how about um, Aaron Eckert? I'm gonna act like I know who that is. Who's that? Um, Aaron Eckert. Well, because he looks a. T- if I squint, maybe he looks a little bit like Jack. Um, uh, Dimity, you answer that. Who would play Grant? And I'll think of who will play Jack. Well, I, I have no idea, Phoebe. This is this is not. I, I need to talk about why half marathons are so good for running mothers. I don't expect to be challenged on like, you know, my my husband's what who he looks like. I mean, Sarah, it's who you want. Let's say. Oh, who we want? Oh, Clive Owens. <laughs> I'm sorry. The question was not clear. I apologize. That was not NPR for me at all. I I totally made that up. Yeah. So no, let's say you're playing yourselves. But obviously, you'd need to have a standard for your husbands. Yeah. Let's uh, go, uh, George Clooney, I, I hear he's a good actor. Uh. <laughs> and I think Colin Firth is pretty dang cute, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
right. So, so we'll give you a pass on that, Jim. If you think of somebody, you just let us know. You can t- chime in anytime. Okay. <laughs> such such serious topics that we talked about in that first podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I was caught off guard. I was caught off guard. Definitely. I know. And then I was like. But then you came up with the best answer. I mean, the Colin Firth. I mean, there's no beating that one. So that was well, good. yeah, yeah. Although, who is Aaron Eckhart again? Because I can't. I know his name, but who is he again? He well, so he was in a bunch of when I'm when that was recorded. He had been in a bunch of indie movies, but since then he's been in Batman, the new Batman with Christian Bale. He's the character whose name escapes me. The guy who's a good guy, and then he uh, gets hurt in a really bad like explosion or something he comes back as a really terrible bad guy oh okay yeah yeah so um and i would have to adapt my answer a little bit now um and and this is gonna well whatever it is what it is but i mean i've been watching the new house of cards and i think robin wright is so beautiful and oh. i love her hair oh, oh my god yeah. i love her hair yeah that, that yeah i'm like all the time i'm like i just want to look like her i just want i mean i'm not blonde i'm not like i don't look like her but you know the short She's... haircut it's, it's it's a masterful thing and she does it really well so part of me is like okay kevin spacey even though he plays a bastard politician man on uh okay. house of cards he can he can be my husband just because that that would by default make me have Robin Wright's hair. I have to say that uh, I got the uh, pleasure of seeing Robin Wright in person. Our buddy, our mutual friend Julie Atherton, and I went to the Mill Valley Film Festival a long time ago, and uh, Robin Wright was there at a screening of one of her movies, and so she spoke. I mean, she is just transcendently beautiful. She just and she seems so nice and just so genuine, and it was just. I mean, she's. She's like an angel. She's so beautiful. Yeah, no, I agree. And speaking of not beautiful, but here are my two. This is good if you're just running and want a little, you know, little way to pass the miles. Um, My two celebrity encounters, Mm. like close encounters with celebrity men. One was um, Tim Robbins when I lived in New York. He was married to Susan Sarandon at the time. Uh And, oh, I was in like a a high-end crafting shop buying some picture frames and I swear to God he stared right through me like <laughs> I don't think he'd ever seen a woman over six feet and I just was just like my cheeks were red I think I dropped the frames and just ran I was just like ah <laughs> um, and then um, and then the other one was uh, Jack Nicholson I rode the elevator with him at the women's the final of the women's world cup back oh. when it was in um, I think it was Los Angeles wasn't it in like 99 oh. and he again I mean I can tell when a guy is like checking me out because of my height and mm-hmm. he was another one. I was just like, okay, just deep breath, deep breath. <laughs> like I had I all I had nothing to say. I couldn't, you know, I, I wish I had some kind of witty, like, you know, <laughs> wink or something. But anyway, but I wouldn't want either of those two guys to play my husband. So there you go. Oh my gosh, that's so many and, and I have to say, after having taken many a trip with you and been in public many a time, um, I can also tell when a man's checking you out because of your height. Oh, it's it's a little frightening at times because you're just like wow wow <laughs> you're really that carnal huh okay <laughs> so anyway so um, let's talk about checking me out so um so let's go to iron mother because gosh knows i haven't written or talked about it enough so mm-hmm. let's let's read let's relive those 146 point miles uh one more time yeah and i and i chose as you'll hear the the marathon portion of it since i figured oh, we had to get back to running <laughs> all right part. good good yeah 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 <laughs> My, my back felt like I had like two just f- prongs, like fire, I don't know, those little poker things, uh-huh. like right lower part. I mean, it was just, it oh. was just 
miserable. Like, and I knew, I knew there were going to be bad points to come. And I, I mean, you know, there wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be a day where everything was just high, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately it came really soon on the run. And that really was hard because I just, you know, I didn't want it to hurt so much at the very beginning Mm. because obviously I have a long way to go. So I ran for four minutes, you know, tried my, I ran, you know, in the out of town was uphill and I walked for one. And like, so like, yeah, the the spectators are all like, yay, yay, yay. And then like, and then they see me and they don't say anything because I'm like walking for one. And I, you know, and I'm like, oh honey, you know, like if you're walking it, you know, 0.4 mile, like you're going to have a long afternoon. Long. <laughs> Didn't you want to wear like a sign that said, I'm walking on purpose. I plan to do this. I know. I kind of, I kind of wanted that. And I, but I just, I mean, I was really, I was in a very, very tough place and oh. I, you know, I had my, my badass mother runner hat on mm-hmm. and so I had kind of the bill of that and kind of the pavement underneath me. And I just was like, okay, this is my world for a little while. Like, making me sad. I mean, it was just so hard. And, uh, and I just was like, okay, this, you know, just keep moving forward. You know, I swim my mind, just keep moving forward. And, you know, I don't care if they think that I'm a freak, you know, who can't, you know, who's in this race and can't run because everybody around me was running, you know, like, and, like, and, and of course it always looks like everybody, it's, it's so much easier for everybody else than it feels for you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the truth of running. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, everyone's just going to whiz by me and I'm just going to, you know, I'm, well, I don't I... even know if I can finish at this point. Wow. So about mile three, I see this, um, I just want to stretch out my back and I can't figure out how I want to, how I can stretch out my back. And finally we're kind of running along the lake shore and there's a cement wall, you know, that kind of comes up to my, my mid quads or whatever. And so I, um, I get a hang, I put my hands on it and I kind of hang down, you know, so I'm trying to like stretch, make my spine as long as I can, you know, my, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like I'm squatting, I am squatting mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I'm just like hanging there for, you know, 30 seconds a minute and this cute man in a California Jersey comes by and he goes, how are you doing young lady? <laughs> like young lady, don't you see this number on my cap? <laughs> um, anyway, and he was with another friend. He's like, he's like, you are going to be okay. You are going to be okay. You know what? It's good. It's going to feel better in a little while. And you know, just keep going. And, uh, and his friend goes, do you want to do a slow jog with us? Oh. <laughs> no, no, thanks. I don't, you know, I don't really want to be with anybody right now. Um, but, uh, but it was just so like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Like the young lady made me laugh. And like, I knew that, you know, I mean, I knew that I could finish it. I knew I could, but it was just, I'd never felt so tired going into a run, like never, just, I just, that just wasn't anticipating. I just hadn't anticipated I would ever feel like that. Wow. And I, I just gotta say, Dimity, first of all, congratulations again. Um, and, but also your splits didn't belie what you're feeling at all. I mean, your splits were, you know, I think like 10 45 for those first two miles. I mean, they were, I mean, I should almost call them up. I mean, you know, you stayed around the 11 minute mile mark or slightly faster for a lot of that until about mile 12. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like I, you know, I just had, I don't know what my expectations were. I mean, I, you know, I know that Bree had set out a 422 and so of course i had had such a good day at that point. Like I wanted that, you know, I mean, everything had gone so well that I wanted that, but more than that, I just didn't want to hurt so much, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wanted to be able to run. I mean, it just like every step just like echoed like Ugh. you know i imagine how it's i imagine it's how people feel most of the time at like mile like 22 or 23 of a marathon where you're just like 
you know, every stuff is just echoing through my body mm -hmm. and it just hurts. And, you know, it's just, it's just kind of this relentless pounding. And I kept trying to be like, light, quick, light, quick, Dimity, light, quick, you know, and I just, I just couldn't get in the game. I couldn't get my head in the game. And so anyway, so I, I mean, I was like, okay, here's the deal. I will do four ones until 60 minutes and then I can do three ones and then I can do two ones and then I can do one once. And, um, that didn't even hang for that long. So, cause then, you, so basically that the run course was about six and a half miles out and back two times. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. Along the lakefront. It's the same way that we headed out on the bike for the first time. You just didn't go as far. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so at the end of this, the turnaround, there was this hill and it was a hill. I mean, it was steep. It was long. It felt long. It was pretty long. Um, and all of a sudden I looked up and I saw everybody walking and I, I mean, I, I started crying cause I was like, Oh my God, thank God. Like, you know, like I'm not just, you know, the only one that is like suffering out here, you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. so hard. Sometimes you get in your own little bubble and you just feel so alone. And I did anyway. Oh, yeah. And so, um, other people so, feel alone too, Damity. I know they do. I know they do. But, you know, like, it's just, it was just so quiet, you know? And, and again, like, I just see all these extremely fast, fit people that just look the part. And I know, I know I do. I mean, I know I'm, I'm looking like a triathlete. I know that I've done all the work. But, like, at that moment, I just felt like a poser and, like, what am I doing out here? Like, I, I can't do this, you know? And, uh, but again, I was just like, just keep moving. And I realized, you know, so I walked up the hill and my split, I think was, you know, cause my Garmin, it would, it would tell me my split every mile. I wasn't sure. seeing my real time, but it was like 12 something. Yeah, it was like, 12, yeah, 12, 20. Yeah. I, I just walked up that hill and it was 12, 20. Oh, like, I know. I'm, yeah. I, so, you know me. Wow. Wow. So I thought, well, you know, I love that you know my split. Yeah, it was 1220. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I knew that. <laughs> it's probably the first one that, that went went up. Uh, but you, you, we were listening to this as um, as as it's playing so that we can talk about it. And, and I was like, oh, He's like, well, we have to end on a high note. And I was like, oh, is that when I said uh, through the ice at the guy? <laughs> like, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> that was probably, I, I definitely remember that because, you know, I went up and then down and then that's where you turn around. If you go back up and then I'm coming and, and at the top of this big hill was, uh, was the aid station. And I had my badass mother runner shirt on, as I said, and or I had my hat on and I had my shirt on uh -huh. tank. And, uh, and there was a guy and he said, yeah, go badass mother runner. And I threw a piece of ice at him and I was like, okay, I know it's going to be okay. Like if I have the energy and kind of the, the sass to throw ice at the, he was like a young college guy. It wasn't like I was whipping it at his eye to a like senior man or something, you know? Right. So I don't remember you sharing. I, that's the first I've heard of the ice throwing incident. Oh, I thought so that I, maybe I, I, I mean, I've. God, I've relived that so many times. I've told, you know, so many stories. Maybe I put it somewhere else. I might've put it in the that's, blog. That's what I was like thinking that. about, Timothy, as we were listening to that, actually, other than that, I, I did really appreciate you kind of bearing the truth and the, you know, the high, the lows and the highs of that experience. I think, I think you were, I loved how true you were to the whole thing. So that's actually why I picked that quote or that clip. I realized it was not the most uplifting one, but I think it was important 
um, to, you know, remember or to show that, that, you know, you had some tough moments and that you oh. came out so triumphant in that race. Yeah. But, well, that's, and that's the whole thing. Well, guys, I'm sorry. Finish what oh, you were no, going to say. Well, I was going to say, as we were listening to it, I thought, wow, like when Dimity's like 70, she's going to have like 50 ways to relive that Ironman. It's like, <laughs> oh, let me listen to the podcast. Let me read the Runner's World feature. Let me read all the blog posts about it. Exactly. I know. That's why. It's like I had all my documentation in place, so I only have to do it once. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, you know, the essence of going big. And that's what I, um, I mean, you mentioned the runner's world story and that's what it is, is it's, um, it, it kind of pushes you out of your comfort zone. And I mean, the training does it even more than the race, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just makes you stay out there and hang out there and believe that you can. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so that when race day comes, sure, there's going to be highs and lows for sure, but they don't mimic the hardest day of training by any stretch because you're on race day, you know, and everybody's mm-hmm. there and it's a celebration of sorts. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean that training, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole, de- that's the whole deal of going big is, is you go big both ways. You go really high and you can go really low. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then when I was went together the lineup, I'm like, okay, we need some, some levity after that. We need some, <laughs> some, some laughs. So this is just, this is certainly not one of this next clip is not one of the best moments from our podcast, but, but you and I talked about it in person and we decided that there were updates to it. So we needed to, to, to relive um, talking about what we got for Christmas uh, in 2013. So here we go. That's so funny because before I headed over here to the studio, I thought, Dimity and I haven't even talked about what we got for Christmas. I wonder what she got. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got very um, practical gifts other than my GoPro or the girl, I should say our family GoPro. I'm getting all territorial <laughs> on it. Um but uh, I got a new backpack for traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. It's American Chiropractic Association approved, so <laughs> oh it will help God. my back with traveling. Oh, my um, The nerd squad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's actually a really nice ba- – it's a North Face backpack. It's a nice – oh, so it looks good. So it looks it good. Yeah, it doesn't look like, you know – Orthopedic. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't look like, uh, you know, the Velcro shoes that I usually wear. Um <laughs> And uh, what else? I just got, you know, practical stuff. I got a new neck pillow. Um, oh, my gosh. Look at that. You're, it's like it's like back happy Christmas for Dimmit. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, you know, I basically sent links of what I wanted to Grant. Mm-hmm. I sent him a link. This is okay. I love my husband. Let's just put that out there. Um, so this is what I sent him a link to for um, for Christmas. Um, I wanted a new plastic spoon that we had lost somewhere and on a bike ride back from the pool. Uh-huh, because it's um, important to carry a spoon while you ride a bike. <laughs> it's really hard. Well, it, well, and it's my favorite spoon. It was, you know, it was in a bunch of stuff. But, like, when you – it was a staple in our kitchen. Let's just put it that way. I wanted a replacement for that. I wanted a new backpack. I wanted a neck pillow. And I wanted a pair of Sorel boots, um, winter boots. Uh-huh. Um, and guess what I got? I got a spoon, I got a backpack, I got a new neck pillow, and I got a pair of Sorel boots, which is plenty. I mean, I'm not complaining about the number, but I was like, okay, wow. Well, what would have happened if I hadn't sent you that annotated Amazon list? I'd like to say I wish there was. I wish the theme song to the movie The Jerk was well known because I would ask our producer to underlie it right now because you sound. I know you wouldn't remember the movie, Dimity, but it's like Navin Johnson's like, all I need is this. Oh, no, I totally remember that line. All I need is this lamp, and that's all I need, and I'm good. All I need is this lamp and this the, the little paddle ball thing and the and this ashtray and this <laughs> yeah exactly so what did you get for christmas 
Uh, I got tripped to Mexico. Um, so that was for... better than Sorel boots. I got it. <laughs> yeah. So there it goes. Sorel will never be a partner with another mother runner. No, I love, I love those boots. Holy cow. I love them, but you know, uh, oh, good. you know, between Mexico and a pair of Yes, boots winter that help boots. you survive the polar freeze, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. So, um, well, I, I did not get a plastic spoon, but I did get um, wooden salad, you know, tossers, you know, the a spoon plus a little tong type thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, Jack got those. And, um, I mean, we have plenty of them. I didn't feel we had not lost them on a bike ride, so I didn't feel the need <laughs> for a replacement set. So they were a surprise gift. <laughs> they, were, right. they were. And... <laughs> oh my goodness! I laughed all all afresh and new for the first time. I know, right? Well, because because I, we brought this up on the uh, on a run, actually the run in Memphis, and you're like, oh wait, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna save to tell you what I did with my salad tossers. What did you do with them, Sarah? <laughs> I, uh, so I just I just never liked them. I I just they had all this like little carving on them, and they were not my style to begin with. But like I said on the podcast originally, I mean we have so many things to serve salad with. It just we do not need more of them. So I took them back to the place where he got them because of course they still had the price tag on them. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and cause and I called the store ahead of time. I said, hey, you know, here's the deal. And they were like, oh yeah, we can give you store credit. So I take them back in, and it was at this place called the backyard bird shop which <clears throat> i thought excuse me thought maybe only sold bird products the, the some of the little carvings were of birds on these things so i go in there and oh no they also sell jewelry in there so i was like sweet so i got a bracelet instead <laughs> oh very nice yeah. well i thought you were gonna say you like re-gifted them to oh. like your niece or something who was getting married or something yeah. no, no 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 so uh yeah so i i now have a bracelet that i'm sure i'll wear at a future mother runner party sometime sweet yeah sweet. well in my and my ps to this story is you know i'm cleaning out my desk which sometimes grant uses my office down here and i'm cleaning out the stuff and i find the receipt to the plastic spoon oh, no way okay it costs 2.99 and then this plastic <laughs> spoon i mean it's nothing and and by the way um we had dinner up at the pool that's why we had it up oh, yeah. there it's mm-hmm. a place you know you can bring up your dinner so we you bring everything and then you bring it home but we ride our bikes there and blah 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 um so anyway so it cost 2.99 and the shipping was like six bucks <laughs> and he's in here and i'm like you paid nine dollars for that spoon he was like it was really hard to find a spoon just like the blue one <laughs> it is like a plastic slotted spoon i mean if you or i went to target or a william sonoma or a crate and barrel or any kind of kitchen store like we could find that spoon i also want to see grant's search like blue plastic slotted spoon just like we lost on the way home from the pool. <laughs> Just like Dimity's, and I gotta say, I I still miss it. I mean, I, it's black. This new one's black, and I just I always feel a little sad when I you know serve the pasta. I just really you know you get attached to certain things in your kitchen. Oh, and that's one most of them. definitely, most yeah. definitely. I gotta say that I sometimes think about that. That um, I have a lot of things in my kitchen that were my mother's, and my oh, mother, wow. thank um, thank heavens, is still alive, and she used to work in test kitchens in, uh, she worked for magazines and she worked, she was a home ec major and she worked in the kitchen department of back when magazines had flush staffs. And so she got a lot of things just like you and I get, you know, back in the day we would get free shoes or whatever when we were writing reviews of them. My mother would get, you know, free pots and pans and free this, that, and the other thing. And so she, when I moved out of the house a billion years ago, she, she gave me some of that stuff. So 
I sometimes as I'm cooking, I ju- it's just so nice to think of my mother and I think, oh gosh, you know, 10, 15 years from now when my mother is no longer with us, you know, how am I going to feel when I hold this spoon in my hand? It's going to become that much more special to me. That's cool. So, That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I covet my mom's stuff. Does that make it any better? I'm like, <laughs> well, when she dies, I'm taking this frying pan. <laughs> you, put, you put your initials on the back. <laughs> Seriously. A little DMV label gun. Hands off, sisters. <laughs> um, so, and one thing that I did want to add about this, that um, here we were talking about our husbands on the podcast, knowing full well that our husbands will never hear us talk about them because Grant doesn't listen to the podcast, does he? He has before. And he, oh. there was one where we said, what's, or who's your biggest champion or something, or who made you oh, believe yeah. in yourself. Yeah. And I, um, and I, you know, I pulled the husband card and, uh, so I made him listen to that, which, I mean, it was all true of what I said, but, um, yeah. but no, typically as a rule, he doesn't listen. He used to, but I think, um, I think he gets enough of me, <laughs> even though I don't bitch on the podcast. I think he gets enough of my voice in other respects in his life. Let's yeah. just put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but the, the reason I sort of brought that up is that um, on recent trips we have this year we have met two men runners who love our podcast. So yes. and ju- that was just I just thought that was so much fun when we met. We met the one at um, Tinkerbell and then we met the other one at the Little Rock Marathon and had our pictures taken with both of them. So that was fun. It is, it is telling though the one that I was like I got really emotional about the the naked man one. Mm-hmm. You know the one at, at Little Rock. He was like, oh yeah, I really like the naked man. <laughs> Oh my gosh, again, like so carnal. You know, just <laughs> talk about our anatomy a little bit more. Right, All right. right. Um, anyway, yes. um, so we then have um, had Sage, lovely Sage Roundtree. Both of you and I have gotten to run with her on separate occasions. Or you had dinner no, with her. No, I had her. dinner. I had even better. I had dinner with her. <laughs> that I she got paid to run, for. Then I had breakfast with her. Uh-huh. Um, she's just a lovely woman. She's is, is Sage Roundtree. I mean, her name just. It it represents all that she is. Mm-hmm. We've had her on to talk about yoga, and we've also had her on to talk about her recent book, How to Race Wisely. Mm-hmm. And I've said all this about Lovely Sage, and she was on this show, but you're not going to hear. <laughs> yes, not. You get to hear more of us. <laughs> but you, you'll have all your buddies around you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, yeah. I'm excited. I mean, we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a yeah. great time. Yeah. Our team yeah. name. Have I told you our team name? No. Um, we're morning, noon, N-U-U-N, night. <laughs> We mothers run. Um, And we've got um, tough girl tutus to wear, little um, hot pink and black. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our run, another mother runner shirt. So some of us are soul sisters and some of us are running like a mother. We've got Mm -hmm. um, shirts from noon. um, Mm -hmm. And then we made some pink hot uh, not hot pink, um, kind of a light pink. We're kind of very, <laughs> we're 50 shades of pink on this. That, that's what it should have been our name, man. 50 shades of pink. Cause we do definitely have like, Oh, it's pink. It all goes together. Right. Um, and so, uh, we, we made these, you know, or we got these guy, uh, you know, just regular zip, zip up hoodie sweatshirts. Um, but we had our names written in cursive in the front. So it looks like we're kind of pink lady ish. Wait. So you, did you do that? Did you get them stitched or did you do it like with a Sharpie? It's embroidered. It's embroidered. Ooh, and then on the back, look how we've fancy got our, you are. Yeah. And our back, we have um, the, our team name in cursive with our shoes. Yeah. Oh, we need some photos. Yeah. Of oh, oh, trust me. You guys are going to be sick of seeing <laughs> seeing our 50 shades of pink by the end. <laughs> so I'd be like, but, now we need this picture. And now we need this picture. And uh, one of my friends ordered pink cowbells. And 
Yeah. Oh we, my goodness. We got we got a lot going on. Yeah, you sure do. You sure do. And then <laughs> I hope you're I hope you're only going to drink pink noon. You know, so some exactly the pink. You know, strawberry lemonade and yeah, some the strawberry lemonade, um, cherry limeade. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. And I'm sorry, am I the only one who, when they hear of a sweatshirt that has your name on the front, totally makes me think of Laverne and Shirley with her L on the front of her <laughs> of her sweater. <laughs> Yes, that, that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's that or the pink. I always think of the pink ladies from Greece, like Rizzo. Greece. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then remember, so um, was it not Squeaky? What was um, Lenny? He came in and, and he had gotten, he wanted to have Lone Wolf on the back of his jacket. And so it just said One Wolf. And so <laughs> Laverne lent him an L. So he has a cursive L and then the other is in, you know, just print. Um, I love that, so. Laverne. She's awesome. I love Laverne too. That'd be the problem if you and I, you know, like to recreate ourselves, we'd have this big argument. No, I'm Laverne. No, I'm Laverne. (laughs) Fine, fine. I'll be Shirley, the more practical, steady one. (laughs) Except she's the shorter one, so it totally doesn't work. Yeah, you'd be, and you, and you'd already start with an S, so we wouldn't have to modify your name very much. So sorry, Shirley. I'm glad. I'm glad that nickname didn't stick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How about this, Shirley? You can take Colin Firth, and I can still be Laverne. Does oh, that work? Done. Done. <laughs> done. In many, in many meanings of that word. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't think we need to talk anymore about that. Yeah. So, um, but, but that that was to showcase kind of the random tangents that our podcasts sometimes take. So debating which one of us gets to be Laverne in the remake of Laverne and Shirley. Well, that's my favorite part of this, I got to say, you know, and I think that that that's kind of I mean, because it is like a normal conversation. Right. And I think that that's why it resonates with people when they're running, because if you are running with a pal, first you're talking about, you know, your you know, the second grader just got detention or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, what you're going to watch that night. And then you're going to talk about, oh, my gosh, well, if you had to date a Brady brother, which one would it be? You know, Whoa. like it's definitely. Yep. Yep. I was uh, just recounting to Molly about my, uh, just told her this morning, the first time a boy ever asked me out, I was, we were ice skating on a pond. <laughs> it was like the most random thing that would actually, it pretty much organically came up in conversation. <laughs> so well, there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So wait, so what, which Brady brother would you date? Oh, which Brady brother would I date? Huh. Um, wow. I gotta say, I guess maybe Peter. He's a little goofy, gonna, you know. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Peter was my man too. I couldn't, I couldn't do Greg with like the whole, you know, uh, tight curls. The, the... Well, the tight curls, and when he did the, what's that song? But then, but then that cast Peter into such a bad light when we think about songs, because then he was the one whose voice was changing the time to change. You've got to rearrange. But he made the best of a bad situation, Sarah. And you gotta, you gotta appreciate that. You gotta love that in a man, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Always gotta love that. Talking about making the best out of a bad situation, we've got the lovely Sandy Borgman on next, who we had the pleasure of meeting, and she hosted a mother runner party for us. Right, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Yes, outside of Chicago in 
I guess that was, was that our, that was in 2012, I guess that party was. Seems like just yesterday almost. I still remember, I loved her dress. I can't remember what it had on it. I think it had elephants on it or donkeys. It was around a political time, but she, she said it wasn't about politics, but it was so cute. Um, you're, you're so funny because I totally remember her, the chandelier she had over her dining room table. It was just this beautiful blue glass and I complimented her on it. And she said that her husband uh, found it for her after she saw it in a magazine. So uh-huh. that so and then, he, and then he bought her a plastic spoon and some wooden salad toss. And he paid fifty thousand dollars in shipping for a five dollars chandelier. Yeah, there you go. Hi, I love the chandelier. Like, what's the difference here? Hi, I lost my plastic spoon, my two ninety nine plastic spoon. Yeah. Oh my. Anyway, so Sandy is talking about um, taking the world, running the marathon majors, and um, she's also right now talking about her MS diagnosis the last time I went to the doctor and I had some cognitive issues, um, those are really what plagued me the most. It's not the physical, it's the cognitive. And I, um, you know, kind of complained to the doctor and he was like, you're running marathons. You're okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't help when you still feel like you're functioning on one brain cell. (laughs) You know? I, I think some of us might feel that way a lot of the time, <laughs> even without yeah, the diagnosis. It's, it's that I have three kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, because I know both Sarah and I kind of had a conversation after we left um, your the house party that you so graciously hosted and did such an amazing job at. And uh, really just like, wow, you know, I mean, just the challenges that, I mean, you know, I, I had obviously never been in your shoes, but I feel like, you know, you, when you get a diagnosis like that, you have a choice. You have a choice that you're either going to see what you, you know, see what you're made of, or kind of submit. And you know, and to um, to just kick its ass basically is just really, um, really amazing to me and inspiring. And you know, speaks to your strength and your attitude. And I just, I'm very impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. And you know what? I find the more and one thing is when I was diagnosed, my husband has been so wonderful, and he. We walked out of the doctor's office. Again, we've been married six weeks. And I looked at him and I'm like, you got a lemon. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he was kind of the kind of guy who just said, you get two days to feel sorry for yourself and then you move on. And, I mean, it sounds harsh, but that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. Because just curling up and saying, oh, woe is me, would be terrible. So he's kind of, you know, he definitely pushes me in that way, saying, yeah, it kind of stinks, but it is what it is, so move on. And I think that's helped me incredibly, just always remembering. And and then you realize, I mean, I'm sure you talk to so many runners, that everybody's got an incredible story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you really listen, like there are a lot of, I think... The people who push themselves to do all these marathons, there's usually something really interesting. I, w- I, there. Was, I was thinking that oh, when I hopped in the car to come down here to record this podcast, I was thinking, gosh, you know, like we could just have a different mother runner on every week who would have as an amazing story, you know, maybe more quietly amazing than yours, but still amazing in its own right. So um, Exactly. I, I really, I just... And I've become more aware of it maybe now because people have asked me more about my MS and I I am so open about it because mm-hmm. I figure, you know, if I talk about it, then, you know, if you get that MS 
card in the mail that says, give $20, you'll say, oh, you know what? That's what Sandy has. I want to give to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, uh, we just got an order from a woman who is living, I think she lives in Paris, and she was ordering some of our Boston strong uh, merchandise. And she um, said in the email to me, she was having trouble on our site. So she emailed us and she said that she is running Boston with Sandy Borgman. So, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So that oh, that's was, very cool. Yeah. I believe they know each other from um, the Midwest. I th- um, maybe she, I don't know, this woman, if she used to live out there or whatever. But um, so I was pleased to get a little update on Sandy and hear that she's running Boston this year. Her husband probably went to like that, or her husband probably sent her friend to like the, you know, the top end houseware shop and she's coming home with like you know 20 designer you know tablecloths and napkins and all these beautiful things and well we got our spoon Sarah got a spoon and you don't even have you have a bracelet no I'm just kidding Sandy super cool that you're still going and um continue to inspire us all that's just that's very very cool the one thing I want to find I have never touched base with her again to find out whether she ever got into the Tokyo Marathon remember that's what she was talking about they're trying to help, help her find somebody to help her translate the site exactly and I know she has connected with one or two mother runners to um, give her help on that. And because she couldn't even, because uh, the Tokyo Marathon had just been added to the World Marathon Majors. And so here she thought she had run all of them, which are, to um, to remind people, it's Chicago, New York, Boston, London, and um, what's the one? It is? Berlin. 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 So she was like, okay, sweet, you know, check the last one off. And, and so then... And then I'd seen in the New York Times, seen that uh, Tokyo Marathon got added. And so Sandy on that podcast was lamenting how hard it was to figure out even just the registration process, let alone get over to Tokyo to, to run a marathon. Uh, yeah. So Sandy, if you're listening, email us or let us know on our Facebook page if you if you did, in fact, trot, uh, what would it be, the 42 kilometers in Tokyo? Mm-hmm. Is that what a marathon is, 42? It is. It is. Having run one in Canada, I do know my Ks. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. So this one. One is another uh, one that I think I will be wiping away from some tears from laughter over. Uh, this is the recounting of um, one of the most uh, memorable uh, Ragnar Relay DC events that happened to me. Yeah, so um, I also, you speaking of shower, I will get in one anecdote, then we'll bring on Lorraine from my second van. Um, but so at Exchange 12, it was at a high school, you could pay a dollar to take a shower, and I had brought a towel. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. So Terry in my van is, um, I should mention, she is a um, live model at Penn State. So, you know, she's... Live, meaning nude nude. Model, right? Yes, a nude model, yes. And so, but, yeah, so she comes back and she's like, oh, you can wait in either a really long line to take a private shower or there's no line for the communal shower. And, you know, there's like hardly anybody in there. So I'd totally recommend you do that. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. You know, it's all women. It's not like we're in a co-ed shower or something. I should have remembered that, you know, she's a nude model when I took her advice. But so we're, so it's in a it's in the girls' locker room. And sure enough, there's the big long line of people waiting for private showers. And then Nicole, Jill, and I from my van were like, um, okay, I guess we have to get undressed right here in front of this line of people. And as I'm getting undressed, I just thought, so long as no one recognizes me, I'm good. I'm totally good as long as no one recognizes me. So there we we you know walk, I don't know, 30 feet, get into the communal shower. I have not been in the communal shower 10 seconds before the woman at the next shower head goes, this is kind of awkward, but but you're Sarah, aren't you? 
I'm like, this is... I love that story. That is just awesome, awesome, awesome. And and the shower heads, as you might have noticed if you had gone in there, are about, you know, boob level. So to get my my head wet, I had to bend over. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is all of Sarah. You are seeing every square inch of it. And so then, so she not only, you know, does that, but then she, like, you know, proceeds to talk to me. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can have a conversation in the nude. I'm good. And so... So we talked and then, you know, so then afterwards she came up to me, you know, after we both got dressed, she's like, hi, I'm Jody. You know, you send me, I sent you a picture of me dressed as Wonder Woman, blah, blah, blah. And we talked for about five minutes. I just was like, oh, okay. Worst nightmare over with. We're good. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that was a that was a that memory was, right that there. Just, that is so classic. I mean, if nothing else, I can relive my Iron Mother, but you can relive awkward in the shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, um, I, I don't. I don't even think I fessed up to it on that Ragnar, or maybe I did on that podcast that we got to go to Karen's house. Did I talk about that? I think you did. I think you did, and shared that you got. Yeah, and I mean, she, uh, you know, talk about again. You know, she has her husband has bought her plenty of chandeliers or the equivalent. She's got a very, very nice house, and we got to take a shower in the basement. And wow, that I mean, that made all the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wonder what it'll be like in Napa. I think I need to find a Karen in Napa, right? Because we are headed to Ragnar Napa Valley. Oh, it's going to be so gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. It's um, for those of you who didn't see it on our website, we are having a contest. We're this year only having one team. So it'll be Van Dimity versus Dan, Van Sarah. But we're working <laughs> we're as a team. One big collective badass mother runner team. Yeah. That just works. Yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. So that is that race is going to be in mid September, but the um, entry to uh, submit a, the deadline for submitting a creative entry is um, May, uh, it's, it's April 28th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. April 28th. Yeah. I got to say, it's going to be beautiful, but Grant was like, it's going to be hot. Because like, uh, yeah. isn't that the summertime? Isn't that when it hits? Summertime oh, you know, it could be. It could also be. Um, we oftentimes had what um, in the olden days was called Indian summer. I'm not sure what the PC term for that is now, but you know, so warm weather in the fall. That is true. But last year I was looking at the video that we had included in that post and it looked like it, ra- it must've rained overnight it rained or something. The second day. <laughs> yeah, so, so who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, we, you know what? We like the extremes. It was like 90 degrees and 90% humidity in DC and we can mm-hmm. go the other way, wherever. Mm-hmm. As long as we've got our team around us, Sarah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the storm, rage on right <laughs> oh my goodness so- speaking of races last may we did our first virtual race we did a 5k and we did a podcast to accompany it so that people could you know pretend like they were running with us mm-hmm. you know we we're making we're making the footsteps of the of a race around you right <laughs> that's a mighty high cadence of steps you have I know. I was like, Whoa! <laughs> we're sprinting here um so yeah so we talk a little bit about the courage and uh it takes a step up to the starting line and how so many people don't get there and how fortunate we are to be able to do that you know, every, everybody feels jittery at the start, like we were talking about, and but but they're you know you're, you're there, and and the people running this 5K. I mean, even if it wasn't a line that had a timing mat and a you know banner of balloons over it, it's still a, <laughs> a, a, a brave thing to set out on a goal and to to train for that goal and to put it out there and to you know really test yourself. 
Yeah. I mean, it is a really brave act. And I, um, I know, I remember doing some very meticulous math (laughs) writing. I think it was in run like a mother where I did the math about like the, the, how big the United States is and how many, the population of the United States and how many people are runners. And it came out to like, you know, less than 0.1%. So, I mean, what we tend to do is we compare ourselves to, you know, this little school of fish that we run in, right. Or swim in or however Mm -hmm. you want to say it. And yes, I mean, that's, that's normal. And that's, you know, absolutely. You want to get faster and you want to be stronger and you want to do well, but at the same time, it's really important to zoom out and say, oh my gosh, like I am doing something that not very many people in this world do. And, um, you know, I'm putting myself on the line, like in more ways than one and, and challenging myself. And I just think that, that's a really, really brave act, and it's um, it's to be applauded every time. Whether or not you, you know, if you finish this 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 five k today, and you're like, "Wow, I totally feel really strong about my training," or you think like, "Oh, dang it, I wish I would have, you know, tried a little harder, or I wish I'd run up that hill, or I wish I would have done this or that." Like, sure, absolutely, you know, make some notes for next time, and and you know, you can kind of revise a script next time, but don't forget to celebrate you know, your braveness and be proud that you put yourself on the line. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to think about is that instead of comparing yourself to the people who are standing around you at a actual race start line, or, you know, if you're in a park doing this virtual 5k and you're seeing some people just blitzing by you, think instead about the people who are still back home asleep. Think about the people who are, you know, eating an enormous brunch while you're out there doing that. And, and, you know, you're doing, um, um, you know, a courageous, um, you know, tough thing. So, so we applaud you. So, and we know that Amanda is out there. She's running her 5K on her virtual 5K on Sunday, and it's her first post-race injury. Sorry, post-injury race. And she wrote that she is nervous but excited. And we all understand that feeling. Oh yeah. So that was that was fun remembering that virtual 5K. That that uh, I think that was really I think the seed that started this whole. Strava Prove It Challenge that we're doing now. So, exactly. And we're going to be doing a um, podcast accompaniment to that as well. So uh, we, we started. A we good, are? Yes, we are. The half marathon version. <laughs> Let's not do that. No, it'll be an I'm hour. Sorry. Who wants to listen to me? Not my husband, not my kids for two hours straight. <laughs> not you, not you, Sarah, and not you, listener. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. And I remember even specifically you were like, hey, and remember, we're going to do a podcast for the Prove It Challenge. I'm like, Okay, I'll put it on the calendar. So yeah, yeah but I yeah. think it's mostly it's mu- music heavy. I mean, we're we're allowed to play like what thirty seconds of a song. I think we are. Yes, legally, yeah, legal mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll just make the <laughs> the bammer mix. You know, <laughs> it'll be the most. It'll just be a really like hectic mix of thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you know, by the end you're gonna be like, shut the app. Oh, I can't. I don't want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> right, ripping the the earbuds out of your ears. Um, so another great guest that we've had that we had on was we had Dorothy Beal on who is um a really great runner as well as she is a blogger that a lot of I'm sure a lot of people follow her blog so she talks about how she is addicted to marathons so Dorothy 24 marathons you are a true marathon maniac like what keeps you going back for more oh gosh I 
I think it's that moment when you cross the finish line that I, it's, it's a definite addiction to that feeling. Um, whether it's a good marathon or a bad marathon or, um, you know, it's a marathon, you just finished 26.2 miles. You went farther than most people will ever go in their life. And, um, you know, half the time you did it before people are even awake on the weekend. So, um, it's one of those things that, um, for me, it, it gives me strength in all other areas of my life. And I think it, if I keep going back because doing one wasn't enough, you know, saying, oh, I, I did this, I conquered it. Hey, I'm good for the rest of my life. It, it wasn't enough for me. I need to constantly um, conquer my fears and um, just kind of go to that place where, I can, you know, find out how strong I am. Yeah, so that's Dorothy Beal of Mile Posts, uh, mile-post.com. So, yeah. More I'm, power to her, huh? I know, and I got to say, I I, um, I sort of relate to that a little bit, that that feeling of uh, just seeing, being reminded of how strong each of us are, and, and that's why you step up to that starting line again, whether it's a marathon or whatever distance it is you like. So being reminded of that. And so, yeah. So Sarah, how many marathons do you think you're going to run in your life? If you had to, if you had like a ball in front of you right now, how many Mm. would you run? Oh, wow. Uh, I could see the number getting up into the twenties. I've done 10. I've done 10. I'll do, uh, probably by the end of this year, I will have done 12. So, oh, well, okay. So maybe close to 20. How about that? Yeah, that's a good, that gives, that that could be in the high teens or the low twenties. How about that? (laughs) Ballpark it, ballpark yeah, it. Yeah, Good. yeah. All right, all right. I think I'll keep mine under five. Um, so I've got two plus the Ironman one, so that's three. So okay. I, I, I really want a trail marathon. I think oh. that that would be kind of fun. But um, yeah. that's where I'll find my strong Dorothy. So you find it out, you know, blitzing through the Marine Corps. Yeah. I'll be on the I'll be on the back roads of Colorado. <laughs> um, so certainly we all know that feeling of strength that you get from uh, running a race. And then also for me, I feel a lot of pride after a race. And so this next clip I just found really intriguing. It wasn't something we'd really given much thought to. And I just felt like it was really intriguing, organic conversation. So let's hear about... Uh, it was when we were reflecting on our 2012 races, and this is a conversation about pride in races. I was saying, hey, let's talk about what what made us each proud about the the various races, and say what your comment was to that, Dimity. Well, I just uh, pride isn't a word that I associate with my running or with races. I feel proud that I'm a runner, I guess. Um, but I mean, I guess you know, if I'm really being honest it's my Minnesota roots coming out. Like proud isn't an an adjective. I usually just associate with myself. Like, I mean, I usually put humble in front of myself before proud. Wow. I think we need to pause and reflect on that for a moment. I mean, yeah. uh, Gosh, I don't know. I just think, I I mean, I think a big picture of everything you do. I mean, I think about what you do for another mother runner and I think about, you know, what you do accomplish athletically and, and I think you ought to feel mighty proud. Um, it's not that I, it's not, and it's not like I'm like, I don't have any feelings towards it. I mean, I'm definitely, but I'm always like at the end of a, when I cross the finish line, Mm -hmm. I feel most of all, I feel relief, um, (laughs) that it's done. Um, and then I feel just happy, you know, just kind of giddy, you know, and I'm Uh like, I love that feeling. And that's, that to me is more important than being proud. Like, I love that. I've just, you know, gone through this cycle and here I am and I'm around all these like-minded people and, and I'm, and I'm relieved it's over. I mean, that's really, 
to be the honest to God truth. That's, that's what it is for me, but, but, but that's enough for me. Like that's, that's where I situate running in my, but you don't, then, then you don't reflect back on it. You know, so let's say a race is on Sunday, you don't by Wednesday start reflecting back and think about like, Oh, well, I really, I did this and I did that. And, and, Oh, that makes me feel really good about myself. Um, when I have a good time, like when I have a good, like literally a physically good time, like fin- like I finished in a PR or I pushed really hard. Yes. I mean, I mean, when I ran that PR in, um, in Denver, I think I wrote in train like a mother, like I checked the results like 17 times <laughs> just to make sure that I was still in that like top quadrant or whatever I landed <laughs> in. Um, and that makes me proud. And, um, I guess, but it's, again, it's just not something, and I'm not like judging you that you get proud or, you know, Oh, I know you're not judging me. I, yeah. No, no, like, no. I, I, just, I know that. Uh-huh. Not, yeah. It's just not the way that, um, it's just not my perspective, I guess. Cause I guess, I mean, to me, it's, it's almost like it's, um, Oh, I don't know. It just feels like, it's just like something that comes to me naturally. So like, I get more proud when I conquer something that is really hard, which, I realize that sounds kind of um, like like a hypocrite because races are by nature hard and running is by nature hard, but I don't know. Like I said, it just makes me more giddy and that that's good enough. And that's actually what I like. I would prefer that over proud actually. Oh, interesting. Well, cause I mean, I definitely feel elated the moment. I think that might, was that my word even at the end of, um, yeah, I don't have my copy in front of me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't either. But I'm thinking that might be my word because it just sprang to my lips. Um, and we're talking about the last page of yeah. um, uh, train like a mother. Yes. Of what yes, word we, we, what we did is with one word that describes you when I cross the finish line, I feel blank mm-hmm. and elated might've been good. I, I think I might've, I think we did the ease. Maybe I did elevated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might've said, I mean, proud was, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you said proud too. Mm-hmm. That's a word that you use a lot which is fine. Mm -hmm. No, it's interesting because I, um, because then in the days after a race, if I don't immediately feel proud, um, I can, I I can, (laughs) it doesn't take me long to like sift through the chafe of the, and (laughs) the chaff, I should say of a, uh, of a race to find the nugget that will make me feel proud because Uh sort of if, if I can't, isolate something and tease it out and be, be like, Oh, okay. You know, there's something I haven't done before. There's, you know, a moment that I turned the race and, and could have given up and, but instead kept going or pushed harder or something. Then I sort of, then, then a little bit, the race is a wash for me. And that, um, so, I mean, that's, that's like, that's the mode I go into within, you know, probably an hour after a race of like, what, what's the, What's the, gives me confidence. And maybe that's because I don't feel any of this comes naturally to me. And so Uh there's the, you know, that, that by searching for that pride, it gives me validation. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Mm, Well, you about to go into talking about being present in your races, Dimity. Mm, Being present. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, you know what? I listened to that, um, but I'm like, gosh, what am I going to say? And I am presently very tired right now. (laughs) I don't know that I have anything funny to add because, um, because yeah, it's just been a a long, like I, it's the, the daylight saving time. I think I'm over that, but it's just been a tough, tough week for me. So, um, so I am proud to say that I don't have anything to say. (laughs) All right. Well, I think, um, when I, this last, this is our last clip of our two best of podcasts. And I just felt like no best of podcasts series would be complete without us debating a word. Although we have done a lot less of that these days. So speaking of which cruciferous is right. 
I have to say, I'm just bringing. Oh, I know. Up I put that bit. in the. I put that in the description of that podcast. Oh, which I didn't is, read that. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. I didn't read a word you wrote. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> which but is that? Yeah, I, I, it was on the other day. Oh, you know. What? Well, this is a good teaser. It was on a day when I was listening to um, Mary Roach on Fresh Air. Oh, yeah. And um, she might, may or may not be an upcoming. Oh, guest. she is. Oh, I didn't tell you that's official. Yes, she is. No, going I to... was. I was. Oh, Sarah, oh, Sarah, did I spoil you can't it? keep a secret. <laughs> You're like Ben. Like, I'm like, Shh, we're going to get dad's for, donuts for dad tomorrow morning. Hey, dad, guess what we're getting for you tomorrow morning? <laughs> well, see, now we've just covered it up. So no one will even remember what okay, we were just okay. talking about a second but ago. But anyway, so she said that um, cruciferous vegetables produce mm. flatus, which is another word for fart. Nice. And, and, no, and no podcast would be, um, you know complete without us doing a little TMI, but here's, here's us um, talking about race times. If you come in in 45 minutes or an hour and 45 minutes, like, so yes, you should care. And yes, you should have some goals, but the reality is, is unless you're, you know, Kara Goucher or somebody who, you know, whose livelihood depends on running, just, you know, try to have a, hopefully, you know, take that perspective a little bit. And I think that's a wonderful note to end on Dimity. Um, so for more of this, um, uh, pithy advice, uh, visit, (laughs) (laughs) pithy, is that a good word? Yeah. And I do not have a lisp. It is pithy, P-I-T-H-Y. Yeah, no. No, I know. I know you said it right, but I never, I always find that to be, is that, does that that mean trivial? Uh, no, pithy means kind of, um, well, not, not hugely important, but also, um, slightly witty and, um, you know, uh, in short, succinct bites. That's sort of what really, pithy really means. profound and intelligent. Is that what it means? Like <laughs> and, life changing and and beautiful and <laughs> PhD worthy and oh okay then I then I like that. pithy. It just sounds so pithy. Like I'm like mm, really I get pithy advice. <laughs> okay, well we got our word for the week right there. Um, <laughs> yes, I know we'll have to crack open. I have a dictionary about the size of a, a wheel. Um, that was my grand. This all comes full circle. It was my grandmother's a big fat dictionary sitting upstairs. Maybe we should just you know crack it open for just you know fun and giggles on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> just just pick a random word of the week, that sort of thing. Yeah, and our and our listenership will drop from whatever it is to zero. <laughs> yes. How to kill Shut the podcast? <laughs> oh well, if you want more pith advice or any other type of advice check out our facebook page it's run like a mother the book our website is anothermotherrunner.com that's where you will find details about our ragnar relay contest and on instagram and twitter we are the mother runner our books run like a mother and train like a mother are available on our website as well as on amazon.com and we hope you take us along when you enjoy many happy miles we are here.